Our deepest desire is to know that we are worthy, worthy of loving and being loved. This podcast explores how to love, how to love fiercely, and how to be guided by the heart and trust in the most powerful energy in the universe, love. Our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Welcome to What Would Love Do? Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to What Would Love Do? I am your host, Yumi Nguyen, and I'm so excited to share with you this conversation today with our special guest, Guy Lawrence. So not it's not often that you meet many men who say, you know what, I follow my heart and I listen to my heart when I make the big decisions in life. Now, Guy is the creator of the Let It In Academy, and it is what it is, it's a proven roadmap to demystify meditation and neuroscience to help people transform their lives. Now, at 33, Guy had this wake-up call, and he basically said, what does my heart want? I'm going to listen to it. And without any business background, any knowledge, he decided to create 180 Nutrition, which in three and a half years, into a multi-million dollar company, had an amazing number one podcast with over three million downloads. And then once again, Guy turns to his heart and says, you know, heart, are you, are you having joy still? If not, what is there to do? And the heart told him to let it go and try something new. And that's how Let It In, the Let It In Academy was born. Besides the amazing accomplishments, what I really wanted to talk to Guy about was this trusting that heart space and not many men talk about this so guy thank you so much for having this conversation with me today uh, look thank you for having me and thank you for the beautiful introduction you do it so well and uh, i'm honored to be here and share as much wisdom as i can and, and learn from you too so it's beautiful thank you awesome so guy the first question i'm going to ask you right is was there an awakening or like how did you know to trust your heart were you always the kind of person that grew up in a family that you know that cultivated that um alignment or was this something that just kind of le was learned and it it was definitely a muscle that 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 i made stronger over time i definitely mm -hmm. didn't wake up feeling like that um you know i was very fortunate that my my parents were very loving you know um i grew up but i grew up my dad wasn't around quite a lot because he was always working away and, and I was just there growing up with my mum uh, and my sister. But at the same time, there, there were many struggles, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, growing up in a little village in Wales on the side of a mountain, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But at the same time, it was, it was home and what I knew. But I always had... For, for whatever reason, from as far back as I could remember, I always had this this restlessness within me and like this yearning, this curiosity to ask the question, is there more? And it would always come up. And as, like as far back as I can remember, the I guess the things that we were taught and led to believe and school and infrastructure and, and the, the normal things that we do, didn't really make sense, but I didn't have any tools or I didn't have any other people telling me 
that actually is quite normal what you're going through, Guy, or, or to explore these options or ideas. So for the first 30 years of my life, I think I really just couldn't put my finger on any of it, but I wasn't willing to settle. There was just something so strong inside of me to go, if I, if I make this decision right now, if I choose to get, uh, even in my early relationship, for instance, when I, when I, um, my first real term, long-term girlfriend, if you like, when I was 17, that, you know, there was this almost uh, pressure of expectancy to, to get engaged and, and get a job and buy a mortgage. And, and I wasn't even 20 years old, you know, and, and I remember just thinking, this isn't right, you know, and I played rugby for 14 years at that point from the age of six all the way through to 20 without missing a season. That's how I loved like it was my everything like my whole life was built around this game but it still didn't wasn't quite congruent to who I truly was but I just didn't know what to do and then one major decision I kind of quit it all in a space of two weeks when I was 20 years old I just finished my apprenticeship as a plumber I didn't even know what plumbing was when I started that's how you know because I came out of school no qualifications I was just told to get a job or you you know you're lucky to have a job and I remember turning up the first day on my apprenticeship just thinking what what am I doing here what, what the hell is going on and I'll never forget this I promise you I'd been about a week into it I was 15 16 years old and I'd been calling around an attic space all day passing tools to, uh, you know, a seasoned plumber who was probably 31, 32 years old. And I was covered in fiberglass and I was itching and, and I was six foot three, this lanky, skinny, 16 year old. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? I, I just didn't know. And, I, and I'll never forget coming home and my auntie had come to visit um, for the weekend. She was living up in Surrey in England. And she looked at me and she said, how was your first week at, of work, you know, guy? And I just was like, horrified I was like oh I don't know about this and she and she looked at me and laughed with a chuckle and just said well don't worry you get to do this for the rest of your life and like in a very sarky humor but it cut through so deep and there was this mm. thing and I think these small things just allowed me I couldn't settle so the moment I finished my apprenticeship long I just quit everything and I left but I had no answers either you know mm. I, I was still terrified and actually sent me off into a bit of a depression over the, my, through my 20s because I was I, I couldn't settle into anything, mm. you know. But at the same time, I didn't believe that I could actually make something of anything. So there was this conflict, yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I can just imagine, like, being in a small town in Wales playing rugby there must have been like this social conditioning about what it is to be a man you know, and men don't right yeah. and men don't follow their heart and then especially when you're saying you're entering in your 20s you know experiencing the anxiety and depression well how did you navigate through that well I think I, I kind of ran basically I ran from everything so I ended up in Australia um, mm. I was backpacking and, and um, ended up working in Sydney. I was doing office relocations, um, you know, as a backpacker with other backpackers. And I ended up spending three and a half, four years out here in that point. Like I overstayed my visa. I went into it becoming a legal immigrant almost because I didn't want to go back home because I, I, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, and 
it's just looking back now, I'm just like banging my head. What was I thinking? But it just goes to show if you don't have the tools or infrastructure or, or maybe somebody that's able to take you under your wing a little bit and say, you know, have you thought about this and helping you having that mentor or that somebody you can aspire to that you truly respect. I mean, people came and go and had beautiful people around me, but it's just like our oh, guys being guy, but I didn't know how to vocalize it. I didn't know how to communicate it, you know, and, and as a man as well, you can mm. get quite uh, intimidated by that, whether you ladies are, are fantastic at, you know, opening up and sharing your emotions to each other and things like that. And I just don't, don't think there's enough space for blokes to, yeah. to be able to do that, you know, and, and interestingly in my teens, my identity was based around my rugby. That was almost like how I could um, feel accepted, you know, by being a good rugby player and, and how much, how physical I was on the rugby field and, and how well you played. Like it was all these identities. And while it was really good for me, I, like I love the game of sport or rugby and I still watch it to this day. And I think as a man, it's actually really good to have these channels where you can have a disciplined outlet for even aggression growing up and, and mm. doing this all channeled in an infrastructure where you have to work with a team and, and other people as well. But <clears throat> at the same side, there's there's nothing there to support the opposite ends of the spectrum either, you know. So for me, it kind of, I kind of just, I think I just had to go through life and slowly just grow up and figure it out by myself. And I think there's actually a lot of valuable lessons from doing it that way as well but i could have probably trimmed off 10 years uh easily if uh if there was different people around me but it is what it is so did you then eventually find found like find a mentor or a coach like books. towards your late 20s book yeah, yeah? Books, and, uh, books and audio tapes yeah that was all i could find um you know it's funny eh? because you don't realize that you you were the 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 environment that you're in you normally sort of allow yourself to fit in to feel socially accepted to the people that you're around you know and the moment you want to you you if the moment if you're with people that you kind of think well that's great i love you but it's not what i want and i need to do this there can often be quite a um a, a subconscious restriction off other people without them knowing it like they could be potentially holding you back because you just want to fit in as mm. well so I started to my first real wake up was the Tony Robbins uh, course it was a 30-day course called Unlimited Power yeah. 2 and that was back in 2003 I think something like that so for yeah we've roughly been about 30 31 and yeah. And I was just ripe for the picking. I'd, I'd, I'd tried everything. I'd been in different relationships. I'd been in through different jobs. I'd been in different countries. There was a point where I lived in six major cities in one year that I thought I'd be calling home. And you can imagine you don't have any yeah. any social infrastructure around you. I was drifting from different... And I was so tired of it inside. I just didn't have an answer. And it was just driving me nuts. And I'm like, I know I'm not broken. There's got to be something with this. I just yeah. didn't know, again, what to do, you know. And uh, I, feel, I was with some dear friends. They put me up on their uh, spare room at the time because I was waiting to see if I could emigrate to Australia full time. And this was in Australia. But we spent a month going through this this audio cassette and we would do it five days a week and and you know i was laboring at the time i'd come home 
And uh, I would, we would put Tony on. We'd have dinner. We'd make a herbal tea. They'd put their kids to bed. And then we would just sit around, <laughs> listen to Tony for an hour. And then we had journals. And we'd actually have these proper discussions around it. And we actually did it for a month and broken for five days a week for the four weeks. And it was the most magical experience because they wouldn't have started exploring where their relationship was at or where they were at if I hadn't been, if they hadn't put their hand out to help me out and put me up for a few months while I was living with them. And uh, so that was my first real penny drop. And I'll never forget having my first kind of paradigm shift about what I thought about myself. There was something that, that had gotten finally through. And uh, and then that just, I guess, opened up Pandora's box. And from there, I thought, wow, if this is now possible, what else is out there? So I started then turning to books. And uh, maybe a couple of years later, podcasts were becoming more popular. And I was just hungry for information. And I was just using people um, that had achieved huge success in their lives, I guess. And I was just trying to aspire to learn off these people and I just, I, 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 but I had a naivety about it all as well. I genuinely didn't know. So I just openly just accepted everything that <laughs> came my way in the self-help industry for a while. But I think that, na- not, that naivety allowed me to grow and allowed me to explore things thinking that I actually could do it, even though I didn't know if, you know, because I, I hadn't been burned then in any way because I'd spent the first 30 years of my life avoiding all commitments. So I had no, <laughs> you know, I had no broken businesses. I had no like, oh, I'm not doing that again, you know, because obviously yeah. we, we live from our past experiences and we try and predict our future from it. So mm-hmm. so in, other, in some respects, I was like this blank slate ready to be inputted. And um, and trust me, when I got in, when I started getting down that route and trying to work in in business, it got it actually got harder, and it actually got more pressure on me in ways. But I, I you just have to adapt and grow. I didn't have I didn't have money. I didn't have family like there was lots of money to, to back me up or get me bail me out. It was just you know I knew I'd always have a roof over my head and loving people around me. But it's like I had to just get on with it. There was no other way. You know the ships are burnt, yeah, and you're not going back. And yeah. and it's it and it's interesting when you're under that kind of, I guess, pressure in life. Even though you put it upon yourself, it's amazing um, what can come out. Like I have a T-shirt now when I do my workshops and stuff. Says no pressure, no diamond. And, yeah, and, and I, I love that. Yeah, and I genuinely believe sometimes we we have to be all in. And then as we're all in, it's interesting how the universe will conspire to support you. Mm. But it's like, are you in or not? But yeah. I think that the key looking back now is is actually I'm 100% in, but I'm 100% in and I only go to what I feel is my edge. I'm always trying to find my edge where in the early days I would jump way out past my edge. Yeah. And then I would sink half the time and come <laughs> crawling back going, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then, yeah. but then there's that comfort zone that we we tend to get comfortable with, but then we don't even try and find our edges, yeah. you know. So, and I think there's opportunity every single day to to overcome a part of ourselves with that edge, and as long as we're willing to lean into it, you know, not every day you can get exhausted just because you know what I just want to do on Netflix or something, but but it's it's really important. Otherwise, you know, there's no growth. There's there's just atrophy, and and you're either growing or slowly declining. 
and mm-hmm. that's the nature of laws of life full stop you know so so and then with a stagnant period in between and we quite often find our stagnant period very comfortable but then 10 years go by and we go well, why is this happened why is my health like this or whatever and you know when we have what's called a wake-up call like, yeah <laughs> well there was so much gold in what you said um especially like being open and just that i guess this is the moment where you probably demonstrated ignorance is bliss right where you know <laughs> just an open book and like sponging it in but um you shared something about when you were doing the tony robbins course you had a paradigm shift about yourself what was that paradigm shift? If, if, I, if I can completely recall, it was literally about dropping your own story and seeing where you can be of, of, of help and service to others. Because yeah. for the whole time, I had literally had bought into my stories. I'm not yeah. good enough. I don't have an education. I don't uh, feel worthy enough. And there's all these subconscious things going on that I didn't even know were running me at the time. Mm. And, and, and I remember thinking, I'm so wrapped up in my own dramas and stories. It's, it's not allowing me to look past what I'm seeing all the time. And there's so much more available to us at any one time. And it was the first time I actually started to do selfless acts for people around me and my family like i'll give you a really good example Mm. was that um i had to go back to wales to to get my residency so all this was going on in australia now at the time i was literally laboring my friends were putting me up in their house like i said and um and when i was going back to to the wales in the united kingdom the the economy was strong and the, the best thing i could have done was go back to my old job in London, where they were paying me well as a plumber and fitting bathrooms, um, and save up more money to then come back to Australia, which was the logical sense. But at the same time, my dad had been working away for so long, and I was trying to help um, him and my mum and my dad sort of retire and come back. And I really need—I could really see that I would be more use at home, actually living with my parents for these six to nine months. And it terrified me at the same time because I'm like, okay, how am I going to earn? How am I going to get by? How am I going to um, do these things? And I knew I could work on a house and help them. And and yet the job offer was there for me to go back. And, if, and now the old me would have taken the job offer and just popped down now and then. But the, this this one, after these lessons with what Tony was teaching, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to try something here. I'm just going to step into the unknown a little bit, go home, do what feels right. Yeah. But it's going to make me feel actually really good about myself. And then we had a beautiful summer. I spent a lot of time with my dad. It was, you know, which I hadn't done in a long time. And, and that helped us there. We built the back garden shed. We'd, I'd fixed the roof. I helped them. I put a new brand new bathroom in for them. And funnily enough, because I built the bathroom, I had other people come into me, friends and family saying, can you do one for me too? And the next thing I know, jobs were opening up in Wales when there wasn't many jobs around. And I was able to still work and save and and do the things, but it came from a very selfless place for once when I was trying to put other people first. And it, but it filled me up no end from that. And I remember when I finally sort of left to go to Australia, I still look back on those memories as the fondest of my life. And it worked out fine, you know, and it was it was a gift and yeah. and it was a it was a huge lesson for me. So then I started to really think about 
that lesson in terms of the way I was then starting to move forward, you know, and how can I start to expand upon that and, and try to make more of a difference. So would you think that's the beginning of your heart opening? Like, how did you get from there to go, you know what, I'm just going to use this as a as my compass or as my guide? Yeah, true. I I would, the, the first book I read that had a big impression on me, I remember I went to Spain to visit my uncle and auntie just the week before I flew to Australia to emigrate. And I read the book, The Alchemist. Oh, and yes, I love that book. <laughs> I read it in like two days, sitting on the beach. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was all about literally starting to open your heart and starting to trust that more. And so I started to do these things. And then, there was, but there was still valuable lessons along the way because when I got back to Australia, I had borrowed money to to set myself to set myself up as a business. But I started to stock trade, and I still had it in my head that I could go and make lots of money and then then give back and do valuable things. But I actually need to be financially set first because I bought into the marketing and the hype that they that was being sold to me at the same time and so I was kind of went through this phase where I was getting kicked around and lost again because when I would finally go to bed late at night at two or three o'clock in the morning I was working as a fitness trainer and I was day trading like this double life I knew in my heart with my head on the pillow this wasn't right but I yeah. kept pushing anyway. I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's like, how, when is, and again, because I was driven more by fear than by love, then mm. I'm holding on to the known and just convincing myself this needs to be go. Cause I was already fully invested, you know, because I, 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 I had enough um, courage by then to not care anymore. Like I was prepared to keep burning the ships and, and just drive hard and, and and it was costing me so many different things on on the inf infrastructure side with my relationships and my friends and so forth um but you know i was basically my head was the compass not my heart mm. and and i and i and i knew it all along i just wasn't willing to allow it to 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 surface and then finally an accumulation of events happened to make me really reevaluate, which I talk about a lot heavily in the workshops I do because it's so important yeah. that people understand they've been driven by a lot of beliefs and things. And then I, and then I finally started to get it. And the moment I started to align more with my heart in line with my, my analytical mind, if you like, then things started actually genuinely opening up for me and I could see it. But I had to go through all this life's lessons first, really, for me to really get the message and get the idea. So it's not like I woke up one day going, I'm just going to have lots of courage, follow my heart, <laughs> and make things work. Like, it, it just doesn't work like that. And, yeah. you know, I, I've, you know, you know, I've been battered around emotionally and, and physically as well through different things like just to, to almost like are you getting this guy and then and then once I kind of found myself aligned and ended up starting 180 nutrition uh, with my business partner at the time Stu you know that was actually driven from that selflessness because I'd been working with cancer patients and I could see the effects on the cancer industry, but I could see the effects on a more holistic approach as well. So I was actually focusing on trying to get that message out more so than just trying to sell a product. But the product was like the extension of what we were doing. And, and it was like this perfect storm at the time, you know, the industry was changing. I could just see it. It was plain as day. 
mm-hmm. I think. And and then uh, then I started to feel, okay, now I'm getting the hang of this. Now I'm more aligned. And then um, th- that whole next few years really started to open up for me. Don't get me wrong, it was still hard work and I was still making sacrifices, but I just knew there was something different about it and you can feel it. And the more you are willing to tap into that feeling and actually experience it, the more you can start to trust it and distinguish when it's just noise in your head or whether there is this this internal pull to something greater uh, that that's moving towards it. So when, you know, after eight or nine years, I think it was within 180 Nutrition and, and I could see th- things were starting to not work again. Things were starting to break down around us. You know, there was strain. And, and when it becomes difficult, I sometimes believe you really need to check and say, okay, is this is this the right way or should it be more effortless ease? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could feel it. You just know that feeling is starting to come again. And, and it's like, okay, it's a bit like, you know, you've got a toothache or there, there's something going on where you go, okay, there's warning signs. Let's actually start to look at them and be absolutely brutally honest with ourselves. And I think that's where the true courage is. And that's what really matters because you've done it enough times before you you know life's taught you enough experiences to know the difference and then i would have been you know the first time was a lesson the second time i would have been a fool so mm. because i i wouldn't have learned from the first lesson so I, and that's when i really have to trust and if i wanted to teach the work i do anyway it's almost like well if you're going to teach it you got to live by it guy so yeah. what are you going to do, mate? Are you going to you actually going to you're going to talk about it, or are you going to love it? You know, and and I think the greatest teachings as well is by actually trying to just be the best example of yourself, the best truth of yourself, and you don't have to be anyone but yourself. Um, but yeah. we've lost that. You know, most of us can lose that quite early on in life, and then we spend most of our life just trying to f- come back to that. Yeah. So it's about you know. So people say, people say to me, well, what do you do? Is it like, as I say, I talk about meditation and neuroscience. And, and one guy said to me, what, are you hypnotizing people? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, no, actually, it's quite the opposite. I'm de-hypnotizing people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah ultimately, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it, a lot of teachers who are in this stuff, including you, talk about feeling your feelings. And we, I, I think as human beings, we get it conceptually, like, oh, yeah, I've got to feel my feelings. But when it gets there, it's tough, like especially the tough feelings. Any Anything you want to share about that, especially coming from a guy, like how do, how can men learn to feel their feelings or start learning to feel their feelings? It, I think the first question we need to ask ourselves is, is the way I'm behaving and acting truly serving me in mm-hmm. my life? And then, and then, and then, all of a sudden, you're going to get a feeling <laughs> from yeah. that. Yeah, right? that's powerful. And and if it's not working, if there's something not right, and you continually looking externally for answers, yeah, then you have to change something, other yeah. than what you've been doing. And the last place we look is at ourselves and within. Yeah, you know. So, so once you kind of sort of awareness is the key, like is I believe is the key to whatever you actually just become aware that you're like, oh, maybe it is me. Trust me, I, I got a, I got a wife that likes to remind me sometimes when I'm 
you know, have to go, yeah. okay, let me check it. Let me check this. You know, yeah. I think that's really important. I think the other thing that's really important is to look at the triggers in your life that are actually can be um, literally triggering the same responses all the time. And for, for us guys, a lot of it can be just doing the same. We so creatures are hard, but we keep things simple, but a lot of things can keep us stuck in our loops. Like we might enjoy beers all the time and we might enjoy just going to this place and that. But there's some, quite often there's like an emotional stir inside of us, but because nobody's told us to look at it or communicate with it and actually check what's going on, we just keep suppressing it more and more and more and more and more. And then by the time we get to 40, we have a midlife crisis and go, oh, and, and, and lose the plot, get tattoos, get a fast car, and I wonder what the hell is going on because I haven't been communicated. But I think, you know, just for the sake of this podcast, I think that's where a true courage lies like mm. it's for a man it's so easy to puff up your chest and and try to dominate through physicality or or just just show in in a sense of what kind of culture is teaching us of how we should behave and how we should be and obviously we we're bombarded by media all the time of what the perfect person represents and and we subconsciously buy into that and and we are feeling inferior too but we just don't know how to do it because we don't go catch up with our mates grab on the phone and just start blurting <laughs> out like you ladies do yeah. you know? um but for me, I often now I'm so I'm so aware because of the amount of meditating I do, and it's not even. And I'm sure you know a lot of guys looking at this for the first time don't even meditate. But meditation is a great way of creating an awareness. So I understand now that um, I'm there's an awareness, there's a consciousness, there's a part of me that can observe. Mm -hmm these feelings and can observe which obviously triggers the thoughts and there's like almost like a third party like observing a friend that i can mm. look at and create an awareness and actually look at okay i'm feeling this way and it's making me think this way the first thing i need to ask myself is is this actually true or is this just a behavior a trained behavior that i've i've been playing out for so long it just feels true to me but it doesn't and it feels familiar. It doesn't necessarily mean it is true. And I think that act alone is probably for anyone, male or female, is probably the most powerful single thing that we can get really good at. Because the moment we can start to question something and interrupt it, we can then potentially look at it and start to rationalize it in a very different way. So for a guy to start thinking about his feelings and, and allowing mm -hmm. that come through, it's is to actually start to go there, you know. And that's why I always encourage, I would definitely encourage meditation or, and start spending, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day or break it up into minute blocks and just check in with yourself. Where am I right now? How am I feeling? How am I behaving? Am I am I am I behaving on a program that's just going over and over and over again, or am I actually consciously aware of my thoughts, feelings, and actions in this moment right now? And the moment we can start to do that, we can then start to change, you know. But we need to honor it, and we need to allow those feelings to start to come through, which can be even scarier because at the moment we start to show emotion, vulnerability. You know, um, that's that's not socially 
kind of, or what that's what we believe is not socially acceptable, but it's almost like a human birthright to be able to behave like that and be open and be honest, you know? And it's interesting when I hop, when I conduct a workshop, I speak like I'm speaking right now. I just talk from the heart and people, all they, you know, they gravitate and they're having a great time. And about three quarters of the way through the workshop, people are opening up and actually willing to start to share. But, I've had to be that example first. And I said, you guys, you don't get it. I'm actually not talking to your mind. I'm talking to your yeah. heart. <laughs> and your heart knows all. I don't care mm. who you are. That's part of being human. And thanks to things like the Heart Math Institute yeah. and thanks to neuroscience and thanks to people like Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton and Thomas yeah. Campbell and Jeffrey Fan, like this and uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And there's all these mm. people that are, are able to start to use a language that I understand that men can understand as well <laughs> as you know female you know because um, it's it's so important and we don't even yeah. know, we're not even aware what's going on but we have to become curious first you know and that's why I think podcasts and conversations like this are great because it might stir something in someone you know to a man to look at it and go oh, maybe I should try this. You know, so we need to get curious. We really yeah. do. You know? And I love how you bring neuroscience into demystifying meditation. <laughs> like, even as a female, I find that when you have when you have more meaning and aside more meaning to what you're doing and why you're doing it, you just connect with what you're doing. And so, like, yeah, it's, it just becomes deeper, richer. It makes it it's easier massive. to. Yeah. So how did you get into neuroscience? So... Essentially, the after when I started the podcast with 180 Nutrition, mm. that was like a, just a vessel for me to keep learning. And as as of course the 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 um, the popularity of the podcast started to grow and grow and grow, it allowed me to reach out to more and more uh, guests that uh, that I aspired to, you know. And the one thing I was really noticing was that we were putting out fantastic content and fantastic information. And, but I would see it in the fitness industry as well, that I would give people so much time of day to help them. I, I, I couldn't walk to the toilet, right, from the gym without somebody stopping me, asking me, what should I eat today, right? Like literally when you're, <laughs> yeah. like everyone's obsessed in there. And, yeah. and I would spend so much time with them. I would say, well, what have you ate? What are you doing? Tweak this, tweak that. And then, you know, three days later, I'd see them walking down the street eating a chicken roll or something. I'm like, oh, the, yeah. the message is clearly not getting in, you know, and these patterns will be coming over and over. And I think it was um, it was either Joe Dispenza or Bruce Lipton I interviewed first mm. where, I like, they were coming up on my radar. I was looking at their books and I reached out to them. And what they were saying was really making sense because it was starting to influence, you know, how can we influence the way we think? Because ultimately, we have to start making a choice first, whether if we choose to eat this or not, if we choose to go for a walk around the block or not, if we if we choose to be kind, like, we actually have a choice. and But we, we don't even realize we have a choice. So after doing Joe's workshop, I did his advanced in Mexico back in 2015 as well. It really started opening my mind and eyes. And then I started becoming ferocious and started reading more books. I started looking at more in this this field and trying to understand how the body works, you know, and a lot of it just literally comes back down to the homeostasis of the body mm-hmm. and it wanting to protect yourself. 
you know, and all of a sudden it was a language that I truly started to understand. And I said, oh, shit, if I can start to understand this, then it was having a big impact on me because I was making more better choices that were more congruent with my heart. Then I wanted to get this information out. So that's why I ended up looking at that. You know, I'm certainly not a neuroscientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physicist. You know, um, I'm just somebody that really tries to live by an, an example of w- what this work can entail. And I'm ho- my dream is by my actions and by my story and, and by what I've been through. It's like, here's a path that I took. And if it interests you, then I'm happy to show you and give you the tools and the keys too along the way. But ultimately, as you know, people have to want to change. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to do the work. They did nothing, nothing, nothing is a given, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. This is so great. So then I want to ask, and this is probably more um, along the lines of relationships. So you're married. Like, you know, I, I think when any, well, you know, whenever we go down this path of transformation, right, it's either uh, like do both people go through the transformation when they're in a relationship or is it one person? And, you know, how does that impact your relationship? And, I mean, how different would your relationship be? Yeah, wow. Um, great question. I was kind of fortunate. Well, it's not fortunate. It's just the way it was. Um, yeah. I had spent so much time avoiding commitment, right? right. And avoiding the like, I, because because it, it was almost like it dawned on me. I was it dawned on me that if I got it, it, it was like. It was an easy trap. I felt that if I got into a relationship, I was getting into relationships to fill a void. Yeah. That I was lonely or empty and stuff. But what I didn't realize was that I was lonely and empty because of the way I was being and behaving and what I thought about my own worthiness. So I was using external factors to fill that void, including other people. Right. Yeah. And it was failing and I couldn't figure out why this was going. And I got to a point where I just, I'm just cleaning the slate. I'm just, and, and, and I stepped back and 180 Nutrition was starting to move. And all of a sudden I actually got to this space where I was genuinely, truly happy. I didn't want for anything. I didn't want for a relationship. I didn't care. I'd love to be in one, but it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was going to make me complete. Like they say in Jerry Maguire, I hate that right. saying, yeah. actually. Because, <laughs> I, because uh, you know, I, I was feeling really good about myself and I'd, and I'd mm. been doing different actions and it was almost like I cleaned up my own closet first. Mm. And then when I'd done that, I unexpectedly met Linda, who's now my wife, by being in just a great space. And it almost like that then allowed this, this space to meet the right person coming in and now we've been just on this beautiful growth journey ever since you know and we support each other and care for each other and we're 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 growing and evolving as a couple which is gorgeous Mm. you know and i think we but to answer your question for somebody in relationship what i'm experiencing within the letter academy and stuff like that Mm -hmm. there's normally one person that's Busting, normally the females. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, that are starting to look at this work and a lot of resistance mm. from the partner, you know, and all of a sudden the values start changing, the belief systems start changing, and then of course that can create um, disharmony. 
you know, they can yeah. break down. But even in the laws of nature, we know things have to break down before they reorganize themselves at a better intelligence or a better level or a better consciousness. So, but what generally has been happening and what's been beautiful to see is some of the partners have been joining, say, six months later because they've seen the transformation in their partners through doing the work. So I think we... The, you know, we don't change people by telling them what to do. We change people by being the person that we want to see in them. Yeah. So if we want to see a more caring, loving, more compassionate partner, I believe we need to become that more caring, compassionate and loving partner. But at the same time, we need to honor our own truths and start to speak our own our own voice, because quite often, even in relationships and partnerships, and I'm no relationship expert, don't get me wrong, but this is what I've noticed, we can quite often lose our voice because we're frightened of creating disharmony or, or, or ruffling feathers. And the next thing, you know, we can lose ourselves in that relationship and lose our identity. But then, of course, we can start to turn to blame and start pointing the finger. But ultimately, we have a choice. We have a choice in the first place of the decisions we make, whether we do voice our truth or not, whether we keep quiet or whether we do say things or, and so forth. So I think the more we can start to understand ourselves first, understand our emotions and the way we react and we respond, we can start to look and evolve in those relationships as well. You know, but it takes time and it takes effort and we get challenged all the time. You know, it's, I think it's just part of being human. Throw another few more human beings in there with different opinions. And it's like game on, like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm. but, but, but I think there's, you know, if you keep coming back to heart, keep coming back to truth, then I think it can only, it can only end up the, 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 the right outcome over time, not necessarily one we want, but I think it will lead us to more truth of who we are. You know, and um, and for me, I want people around me that want to be on the same ship, want to be on the same mm. bus or whatever, and move forward with that. You know, and I know it can be difficult, even with friends and things like that, because people start to say, you know, the people around me are are um, not seeing what I'm seeing. They can't have these conversations, you know, and it it's just, but we. But we, I, I truly believe we need, we shouldn't deny ourselves our own growth, as yeah. well. You know, we, yes, we have identity roles of being a parent, of being a, a partner, or you know, being a this particular role in work, or, or whatever that might be. But that that does evolve and change, and we need to grow and honor ourselves to be the best versions then in those roles. So quite often we we forget about ourselves and leave ourselves to last while we're serving everyone else. And then are we doing ourselves really, the people that we care about, a service by not servicing ourselves first? Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, and that's where I think the right uh, tools start to need to come in place and the right people around you. It doesn't mean you have to just, you know, pack it in and go, <laughs> yeah. see you all, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but it's important and that's for me why I was so passionate about starting to let it in and trying to create a system and a place where people can come together and connect and feel like there's like honestly I think I've got about 80 members now in Letting Academy at this time and 
there's such an eclectic mix of people from all walks of life, from all different jobs. Like, it's, it's amazing, actually. <laughs> but everyone's connected with the same thing. Nobody cares about what they, who they are, what their role is out there. But when they're in here, everyone's connected yeah. by this 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 greater force, if you like, this greater, this feel. And, and everyone understands it because everyone's been through the program and is doing the work and then can relate to where people are at in their lives as well. So there's a nice little support system going on, um, which is crucial for any kind of any kind of change or growth because growth and change is scary. There's no doubt it about is, it. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you touched on something that was so wonderful and it was like a few minutes ago where you said, when we're talking about relationships, you were saying, you know, the moment that you attracted love into your life or started feeling wholeness was when you let you stopped looking for something external to you to fill in that void. Correct. You yeah. know? And not many men say that. Not many men go, I don't feel worthy or I feel unlovable or I don't, or I don't feel enough. And I loved how you then moved on from there to the journey of, you know, growth is inevitable. And if you're not growing, you become stagnant. And in growth, it just means that there's also chaos. <laughs> and you got to find your tribe or absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah we just you know and it, it, it just life's situations make you grow up like there's some mm-hmm. things that you just can't wriggle out of and you have to deal with you know including some really hard things in life you know yeah. and but they all teach you i think a valuable lesson when you start to look look back upon them um over maybe five years or 10 years and, and so forth. And you can look back at that and go, wow, you know, look how much that forced me to change, but look how much I've grown from it and how much I'm better for it, you know? Mm. And, and I think there's a, there's a fine line of um, wanting to embody that and, and, and go with it and at the same time let things grow organically and evolve and, and, and so forth, you know? Um, you know, it's interesting when I, the last workshop I held, I think there was 30 people there and I think there was four men in it. Oh, wow. How did so those number, four men find it? They were curious. They were curious. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is great, which is great. Mm. Um, and, uh, it needs to be more because, yeah. you know, when, when, when blokes come in, some are dragged along with their wife. But um, when they're in there, ah, the, the light bulbs start going off and then I can start talking yeah. to that part as well, you know, because I see myself in, in, in that because, yeah. you know, it, it, like you just do, right? And, yeah. and, uh, but if I, can, if I can embody this work and grow, any, any male can, they just got to be open enough to just start the journey and looking at it. Um, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I love what you're doing with creating Let It In and what it makes available for people. So I'm so excited for the journey ahead. So before we go, I want to ask you, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear now, yeah. and mm. it's definitely changed, is um, what if I don't do it? Mm. That's my biggest fear now. I'm more driven by the fear of, of leaving anything on the table in life really at the end of the day you yeah. know and i think once once i started to shift that perspective and start to look at it from that aspect um it allowed me to stop caring so much like 
It's like we got to stop taking it all so seriously. Everything, like who cares? Like you know, just yeah. Like we we've been given this gift called life, and it's and and it's like this enrichment of experiences that we can perceive through our senses. Some are good, some are bad, some are boring, some are amazing. Like, but they're all these these experiences, and it's like, well why can't we start to really just try and enjoy that stop taking it all so seriously and just see what happens to to a degree yes we have responsibilities and yes we have to live in a western society and we have structure and commitments and so forth but we have to play the game there's no doubt about it i used to live my life trying to avoid the game of life if you like yeah but the moment i started to change my perspective and thought you know what no matter how much a wriggle, I got to play this game. So why not play it with a smile on your face, and you know, start doing it that way. Um, and and that inevitability of and I know it sounds a bit grim, but the fact that we are going to die one day, yeah, you know, we are, we got to live, and we kind of behave and act as if we're going to live forever. And I think what some of the greatest teachers have, have taught and will always speak about: once you truly accept. Because what is our greatest fear? If you broke it all the way down to its pure essence, the greatest yeah. fear is probably that death. There's nothing yeah. worse. Right? Yeah. But we kind of end up having a relationship with that and at least accepting it, then everything else seems trivial. Do you mm. know what I mean? It really yeah. does. And and no matter what situation I've ended up in in life, I've always seemed to have got, got out of it. It's always worked out long term. There's always something come better of it. And I have to, and I remind myself of that daily, especially when I might feel stress or pressure, and just just like everyone else, you know, mm-hmm. and think, shit, this business, man, it's really hard, you know, this everything <laughs> yeah. flows in and out and, and yeah. so forth. But my greatest fear now is like, what if I don't do it? Am I, yeah. am I going to be able to look in the mirror in five years' time and have an yeah. honest look at myself and say, I wish I had done that? And that 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 terrifies me. I just can't. Yeah. I just. It's <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Um, so, what what's giving you the most joy right now? What's giving me the most joy right now? The the, mm. the greatest joy that gives me right now. There's a few things actually. The relationship I'm in with my wife Linda, like it's mm. it's it's great. We just we have a lot of joy in our lives, and I, and we've and we do thank our blessings every day for it. We really do, um, and very appreciative of it. You know, and outside of that. The 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 let it in what I'm what I'm creating mm-hmm. because it took a, for me personally it took a huge amount of courage to let go of what I knew to start something new um, you know and it wasn't like I could go and get a bank loan and walk in and say look I've got this great idea I want to teach people meditation and quantum <laughs> physics and how they can connect on space and time and start sending love and intentions to each other over Zoom like like I know. <laughs> so 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 you know there was there's many things i'm like are people going to really embrace this yeah you know because we we held a group intention last night over zoom and you know there was nearly 30 on the call and we've got people connecting energetically and then sending energy to one person and the energy is off the charts and yet six months ago people didn't even know what they were in for when they were joining yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, are people really open to looking at this, 
you know, and it's beautiful and it's working and it's happening. So for me, it gives me great joy to see these things that I've learned and been open enough to learn to be able to share that with us and see the the, the direct impact it's having on their lives too, which is amazing because, you know, once we start to shake it up a bit and realize like we started at the beginning, is there more? There is yeah. more. And being open enough to look at this and drop all the beliefs and all the stuff around it and, and all the look at it, then it becomes wonderful. So that gives me a lot of joy. The workshops give me a lot of joy. Just people, light bulbs going off gives me a lot of joy. There's nothing better than seeing somebody have a bit of a shift. Mm. And they're open. I go, oh, my God. And like, Because I, I just see that in myself. There have been so many light bulbs along my way too. And they yeah. still are. You know, it yeah. still continues to happen. So they they are the things that give me joy, for sure. I love it. So, guys, if someone wants to be a part of Let It In, where do they go? Can you share some information about how do they? Sure. Yeah. yeah. The best thing to do is just go back to my website, which is guylawrence.com.au. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all on there. My podcast is on there. The Let awesome. It In Academy is on there. There's, a, there's lots of resources. I even have a yeah. five-step morning routine that um, they can get freely available with a course that supports that. And that's like a really good place to start mm. that uh, can just get you going where you can start to learn to fill your own cup up first before um, getting out there into the world to serve everyone else. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, just on that point, you know, I believe that you can't give from an empty well. Correct. You know, you have to be like so nourished with love so that you can like give that out there. So I love that point that you shared. You know, to serve others, you need to understand it yourself first. And it's a flow-on effect. Guy, thank you so much. It's been incredible to have this conversation with you. Um, My heart's just so full right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I I hope to have like a follow-on conversation with you because I know that there's so much that is gold and you have so much wisdom that uh, it will be so valuable to the community out there. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I mean, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Sending so much love. (laughs) All right, I'm going to stop the recording.